Welcome to Today in the Word with Pastor Bob Larson of Calvary Chapel Caldwell. Pastor Bob will be with us in just a few minutes, but first we'd like to let you know that Calvary Chapel is located on the corner of 10th and Everett, across from the library in downtown Caldwell. We have two Sunday morning services at 9.30 and 11.30. If you prefer Saturday nights, we have a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. We also have a midweek service Wednesday night at 7 p.m. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on ABC Channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you have your Bibles, we are in 2 Corinthians chapter 13 as we're going through the Bible and making our way through the Bible. And uh, so good that we're just being able to go chapter by chapter, week by week. And so this week we're in chapter 3, so let's pray and we'll get started. Lord, we thank you for your word. And we do thank you, Lord, that you've given us so much insight into life and church and family. And we just pray that you would continue to teach us your ways, Lord. Help us to understand that you desire for us to navigate all of the difficulties we face in life with your help, that you want to give us victory. And, and so we just pray for your spirit to be poured out on all of us tonight. Give us ears to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's pick it up in verse 1 of 2 Corinthians 3. It says, do we begin again to, comm- do we begin again to commend ourselves or do we need, as some others, epistles of commendation to you or letters of of commendation from you. So if you've been here, you know that uh, Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and here uh, some people in Corinth were challenging the Apostle Paul's authority, like, who are you to tell us what we should do? And it seems as though they wanted letters of recommendation from other apostles to say, yeah, Paul is worthy to tell us something about, you know, the Lord, whatever. And so in, in opening... Uh, you know, Paul is saying, do you guys want me to bring letters, right? And, and to, to prove that, that I can, you know, talk to you. And, uh, but think about this. Paul is the one who started the church, brought the gospel there, led them to the Lord. They got saved. Um, and, and then it would be like, well, well, you just led me to Jesus, but who are you to tell me anything about Jesus? <laughs> it's just like, right? So that's where they're at. Now, remember, the Corinthian church was a carnal church. They had some problems. And so uh, Paul says in verse 2, you are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read by all men. So the Apostle Paul is saying, your lives are a witness of God's work in my life. That's what Paul's saying to them. He's saying, your lives are my letter of recommendation. I preached the gospel to you. You got saved. And so if you're wondering whether God's working in my life or not, look at your own lives. Right? Their lives were an open book to the power of Jesus working in people's lives because many of them had repented and changed uh, from the letter of 1 Corinthians and now in 2 Corinthians. Now, uh, you know, a lot of things have changed for the good. And, and you know, I think about, uh, uh, you know, the Corinthian church and just think how the first letter corrected a lot of the problems as we talked about last week. And, and because of that correction, it gives us insight to church and how church should function. And I just think here in our own church, you know, as a pastor, uh, what pastor wants to be a pastor of a church where lives aren't being changed, right? I mean, for me, uh, you know, I, I thought when we started this church, we started here with five people or however many, eight people. And, uh, you know, I always was like, Lord, if you want to 
work through my life to help people to grow in their relationship with you, then I'm in with that. And, and if not, hey, I'm cool with golfing and water skiing and whatever else that we could do. So, uh, but, but, you know, here in our own church, I just think of people like the youth are in and Jared, one of the youth teachers, you know, he, him and his family got saved when he was, um, I don't know how old, elementary school, junior high, and now he's a public school teacher and teaches the youth and teaches Bible studies and Sunday school. And, and you just think like, ah, you know, uh, God is changing lives in our church family. And, and uh, you know, over the years, I meet people who got saved at our church. And, you know, I was just talking to a guy on a phone today who was telling me how uh, the pastor of one of the Calvary chapels in Idaho Falls, that his wife was telling him, yeah, Susie led me to the Lord at a Bible study. And, and you know, you just, you want to be involved in lives being changed, right? And so Paul's saying, look, this is the power of God when lives are changed. And so they're saying, do we think we can trust you? In verse 3, And then he says, clearly you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. So Paul is giving the proof of his calling from God, not by giving them a written document signed by somebody saying, yes, you were called by God and I signed it because I'm a PhD or whatever. He's saying, look, I didn't get a piece of paper to say that God called me. He's saying that God called me and I don't need any letters of recommendation because you can see the fruit in his life, right? And in other words, he's saying changed lives are evidence of God's anointing and God's calling on a person's life. And we know that Jesus said that that's how we should look at people, and, and if for whatever reason you end up going to another church, you, you want to ask yourself, what kind of fruit is happening, right? In Matthew 7, Jesus said, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. So in other words, Jesus was saying, we should judge people's lives by the fruit that comes out of them, not what pieces of paper they have signed by somebody, right? And, and that's what Paul's saying, that uh, he's saying, look, shared the gospel with you people in Corinth, and your lives are evidence. Now, uh, in 1 Timothy 4.14, Paul said, do not neglect the gift that is in you with which to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things and give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. So Paul told Timothy that you need to give yourself to serving God and doing what God's called you to do, that your progress may be evident to all. And Paul is saying to those church, those people in the church in Corinth, hey, the evidence is that God has been working through Paul. Now, most of us who are students of the Bible, we know that the apostle Paul was an amazing guy. And it's kind of shocking that they would be asking him, can you get a letter from somebody to say that we can trust you, <laughs> right? Uh, but that's just how some people are, right? And, and so in verse 4 he says, and we have such trust through Christ toward God, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. So Paul's acknowledging that it's not him and his special abilities that help them to get saved, but it was God. God is the one who enables and the only ability that anyone has to have a fruitful ministry in the kingdom of God is through the enabling of God and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, for all of us, when you are involved in ministry, teaching Sunday school or small groups or ushers or greeters or whatever you're doing, and you want it to have impact, you want to be praying, Lord, empower me to accomplish your purposes. And so in verse 6, he says, who also made us sufficient for ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. 
for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Now, uh, the letter kills speaks of the old covenant, the letter of the law, Moses' law. And when God gave the law to Moses, then it revealed the need of salvation, right? That, that no one could keep the law. And, and you all know that, right? God gave him the law, and did the children of Israel keep it? No, they broke it, right? And, and the Ten Commandments are great, but no one could keep them. And, and therefore, the law doesn't save. In James 2.10, it says, For whoever shall keep the whole law, uh, for whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble at one point, he is guilty of all. So the law condemns, right, but the Spirit gives life. And the law makes people realize uh, that we're sinners. And, and I think this is important because sometimes people are confused about, you know, the law in the Old Testament, and now are we not under the law? Well, the law is like a thermometer, right? If you get a thermometer and you check your temperature, all the thermometer does is tell you whether you have a fever or not. It can't take the fever away. If you ate a thermometer, it isn't going to make the fever go away, right? It just tells you that you, you have a fever. And that's what the law does. The law shows us that we have sin, but it doesn't make us righteous, right? And so the new covenant that God established through Jesus Christ is a covenant of grace. And we're going to have communion tonight. And, you know, the old covenant was external rules that God gave them rules and said, keep these rules and you'll be righteous. Well, they couldn't keep them. And so God said, well, we're going to have to have a new covenant then. And the new covenant... The rules are not written on tablets, but they're written on their hearts, right? That God puts it in your heart. And, and that's so much better because then you have the Holy Spirit to convict you, to convict you of righteousness, what's right and what's wrong. In Matthew 26, 28, Jesus said, For this is my blood, the new covenant, which is shed for many the remission of sin. So when we have communion tonight, it is a picture of Jesus shedding his blood that we can be forgiven, not by us keeping a list of rules, but by faith receiving him as our Lord and Savior. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And I love that because when you invite Jesus into your life, you become a new person, and he begins to transform you. God makes you a new person from the inside out. It's not on the outside, but it's on the inside. And uh, if you saw that movie, uh, The... Jesus Revolution. How many of you saw that movie? Jesus Re- Oh, woo, all of you. Guess good. Well, you know, it's a Calvary Chapel movie. I mean, Greg Laurie got saved at Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa, which was the first Calvary Chapel, with Pastor Chuck Smith, who was our pastor who helped us buy this building. And, you know, back then, uh, the people that were getting saved, they had long hair and long beards and, you know, didn't wear shoes. And, and when they got saved, did the outside stuff change? No. They all still had beards and long hair. They still look like they needed to cut it, get a haircut, right? <laughs> uh, but on the inside, things were changing. And, and, you know, sometimes people can get caught up in thinking that it's the outward that God's concerned with, but really God's concerned about the inside, right? And, and Jesus came, the new covenant, to change us on the inside, to write his laws on our heart. Uh, Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who works both in you to do and to will for his good pleasure. I love that. See, God puts it in your heart to want to serve him. And if you come to church and you feel like, man, I want to serve God, or I want to, you know, be a Sunday school teacher, or I want to help her, or, uh, you know, in the worship band, or in the whatever it is, work in the video room, or the radio station, whatever, then when you ever sense that, it's God doing that, right? Now, the first covenant depended on man being faithful. The second covenant depends on God's faithfulness. And I love that we sing songs about God's faithfulness. Now, if you're a new Christian, you might think that's weird. Why are we singing about God's faithfulness? Well, because we're not faithful. We're flaky, right? We have a bent to go off the rails, right? I mean, not as bad as Ozzy, but I mean, just, you know, a little bit. And so we're thankful that God is faithful and 
that he's always there to receive us back. So the new covenant begins when you become born again and invite Jesus into your life. So Paul's telling them in verse 7, but if the ministry of death written and engraved on stones was glorious, he's talking about the Ten Commandments, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away. So remember when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, Moses was glowing, right? And it was always planned that God would give a new covenant. And so it was God's covenant of grace and mercy and forgiveness through sacrifice of Jesus Christ that was coming. But, but people would have thought, well, why don't you just give us a list of rules and we can do it, right? And, and so God did, and they found out they couldn't. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel Caldwell is now hiring full-time and part-time positions for our exciting Calvary Kids Learning Center. If you enjoy working with children from newborn through kindergarten, please give us a call at 453-9653. Positions are Monday through Friday with our availability to fit your schedule. To learn more about these exciting opportunities, please call 453-9653. We look forward to meeting with you. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on The CW, Channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, we'd like to invite you to one of our services. We're located on the corner of 10th and Everett, right across from the library in downtown Caldwell. You can also visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. If Today in the Word is ministered to you and you would like to support this radio outreach ministry, we encourage you to pray for us. You can also partner with us financially. Simply visit calvarycaldwell.com to make a donation. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. May the Lord bless you and may you have a great day. Today is the day you will